RadioInfluence.com. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of City Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and as always, we are so happy that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. We have a great guest for you this week. She is one half of the commentary team for Impact Wrestling each and every Tuesday on Access TV. And she is Madison Rain. What a story to tell. And we're going to try to get some hints as to who the surprises are at Slammiversary. I've gotten a, a few um, a few tips of who will be at Slammiversary. And if those names are true, you are not going to want to miss this pay-per-view. I'm not saying this because I work there, even though I do. This uh, podcast is independent of Impact Wrestling. And uh, as a matter of fact, next week we're going to go working with uh, AEW to, uh, to we're almost done uh, to secure a guest that I think you're really going to enjoy the story that that person has to tell. But um, so, so this is not an impact wrestling uh, 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 podcast. This is my podcast, but if you're not excited about, you know, possibly half a dozen names debuting in one night at a, uh, and big names at a at a at a pay per view in the middle of a pandemic where nothing's really going on as far as surprises and stuff. Uh, you know that's cool. If you're not, that's cool. If you are, man, uh, I suggest you check it out. If you haven't checked out Impact in years, if you haven't seen it since it was TNA, if you didn't like TNA, it's a whole different product. It's a whole different game. I personally enjoy it. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, I enjoy working there and. Uh, I suggest you check it out, uh, but we will be talking to Madison Rain. We'll be talking about her career and um, telling some stories and talking about Slammiversary this coming Saturday. You could go to Fight TV and check that out, but I will promise you that uh, if you like surprises, you will not be disappointed. Also want to mention, if you don't follow me on Twitter, be sure to follow me at David Penzer, all one word. You never know what's going to happen on Twitter. This past week on Twitter, Vince Russo himself put out a tweet talking about the anniversary of Bash at the Beach where Hogan laid down for Jeff Jarrett and the title ended up going to Booker T. And I always wondered and could never get an answer because I had called, and I've told this story before, I had been told by Terry Taylor, assistant talent relations, to call Booker T on Friday before that pay-per-view tell him he was winning the world title and to bring a nice suit to wear for Nitro when he uh, made his debut as champion. And then the way the pay-per-view went down and the way the folklore has been told, it seemed like a Russo seemed like Russo made a last minute uh, booking change after the Hogan laying down for Jared thing to give the belt to Booker. And I could never understand if it was a last minute booking change, why, I was told to tell him he was winning the title. So I reached back out to Vince and I didn't expect him to respond, but I'll give Vince kudos. I'm not a, people know I'm not a fan of Vince's booking, nothing personal, nice enough guy. Um, but uh, reached out to him and, and posed the question 
And we had a back and forth, and he answered the question, which is basically that the plan was always for Booker to end up with the title. They weren't sure exactly how they were going to get there because of the Hogan creative control stuff. And that Russo, in his promo, embellished a bit to get there because it wasn't done the way that they were planning on doing it. So he had to embellish and make it seem like it was a last-minute thing, which makes sense. And so we got we solved a, a 20-year-old-plus mystery. And it all happened at midnight on at David Penzer. So be sure to check me out on Twitter. Like I said, you never know what's going to happen and what little tidbits you are going to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome my guest at this time. She is a five-time knockout champion. She is Madison Rain. All right, my guest this week on City Ringside is a five-time knockout champion. She is currently the color commentator on Impact Wrestling on Access TV each and every Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern time, and we are counting down to Slammiversary. So we wanted to talk on that and get on somebody who I find is very interesting and I think has an amazing story, the one and only Madison Rain. Welcome to City Ringside. Hey, thanks for the intro. I hope that interesting um, is in the best way possible. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's I, I didn't really, <laughs> you know, a lot of people that I interview, I kind of have a overview of their story because I like last week we interviewed, I, I interviewed Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics. Well, I watched him when I was, yeah. a teenager, you know, so I sort of knew his story. And while you, I was there when you first came into TNA back in the day, I, I really never had any reason to look in your story. And when I did, there's a couple, there's some, some interesting, fascinating things. The most fascinating that we'll talk about uh, to me that we'll talk about later on, or we could talk about now was that due to this COVID-19 uh, craziness, you got thrown into a color commentary spot pretty much on the, on, on the, um, uh, you know, without any notice. So I, I, I find that somebody who's been around this business and know how knows how hard it is to do that job. I know you had done some, you know, matches and stuff, you know, that had to do with knockouts in the company uh, and angles, but uh, you know, to do a whole show is not easy. And I find that fascinating. They just threw you in there and you're able to pull it off. And I've told you that I've told you that personally. So it's not like I'm kissing your, you know what? No, you did. You did. And I appreciate that. And, and every point that you made is, is completely accurate. It's, it was something I did a few years ago um, to kind of give a different narrative to some of the knockouts matches, because at that time I was primarily wrestling. So, you know, who knows these women better than somebody who shares the locker room with them. Um, and it was just like a neat added layer for specifically for knockouts matches. And then the occasional um, explosion match um, I would do also, but nothing like this. Um, <laughs> had no idea that I was going to be thrown into this role. Um, but it's really cool when you can be in an industry and in a business for over a decade and still learn something new. So, um, while it hasn't been super easy, it's not been the easiest transition. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm trying really hard to do well. I know I'm not great, but uh, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive, which makes me really happy and and helps me continue to uh, grow and and try to do better each week. So let's jump in there. I wasn't planning on it, but it's 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 interesting. Okay. So let's, let's start there and <laughs> we then we'll go, go back. Yeah, sure. I always jump all over the place. I'm ADD out of my mind. Um, yeah, no, it's fine. I'm right there with you. So, uh, so uh, Josh had taped. Uh, 
four weeks, I believe, of TV with Don Callis uh, at City Ringside. City Ringside. Plug my own podcast. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> at the Roxy, I was there to do uh, my play-by-play debut, which uh, was passable, thank God. Uh, it was good. Stop it. <laughs> the hour went by fast. I don't know if I ever told you this. I was talking to Scott Demore, who I did the, the who did the color with me. I for the mm-hmm. because I'm used to sitting there and watching the matches. I didn't look at the monitor for like the first three segments. So Scott was telling me that I'm calling stuff that he's not looking at and he couldn't figure out why. No, I used to do the same thing when I would only do those knockout matches. Um, and I would, I would do the commentary live. I'm sorry for the background noise. I'm, I'm getting a walk in finally at 8 PM. Um, but I used to watch in the ring and I wasn't watching the monitor. And then, uh, Josh and, and it, Pope was uh, the other broadcast um, partner of ours at the time had to tell me you need to watch the monitor because the monitor is what's going to be airing on the show. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. I'm just sitting here like a fan watching the match. <laughs> and, and I know that, but for 25 years, I've, you know, I've sat at ringside and, and watched the matches in the ring. So I just, I didn't even think about it. I knew I was supposed to watch the monitor. I just, it was just uh anyway um, it was instinct, but so so they taped those four shows and um, mm-hmm. you're doing your deal, wrestling, doing some behind the scenes stuff. I don't know uh, all, everything you do for the company, but everybody who does a lot of everybody wears a lot of hats for sure. And that's one of the things I like about it. Um, and and the world shuts down and, and they had to redo, I guess, some of the uh, some of the uh, voiceover. So and Don couldn't get to wherever they would go to. <laughs> I'm assuming Nashville to voice it over. Um, yep. was it a long kind of conversation, you know, between Scott and Don and, and, uh, Josh, or was it just like, we're going to throw Madison in there? Uh, I don't know because I wasn't <laughs> part of the initial nobody, conversation. Nobody told um, you that, huh? <laughs> no, not really. Um, I did hear Josh on the phone at one point, like, you know, we're like, we, we work for the same company. Obviously we live under the same roof, but sometimes we're just like ships passing in the night because, I'm also in school. I'm, I'm doing some other non-wrestling related things. And, and he works literally like nine to five and then some um, just doing impact stuff. So there will be conversations that he will have in-house while I'm home. And I don't know anything until after the fact. So <laughs> at one point I did hear part of a conversation that he, I assume, was having with Scott. And he said, um, well, Madison has done it before. Um, you know, I'm sure that she would be happy to fill in and, you know, do what we need her to do. And that was kind of the last I heard of it until a few days later when he said, okay, so you and I are going to call the shows, um, from now until I don't know when she's like, Oh, okay, great. When do we start tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Talk about getting tossed in the fire. Yeah. Um, I know. I, oh God, it was it like, I don't think I even had time to be nervous because I didn't have time to process it, but that was sort of my, that was sort of work. That was sort of my deal in Atlanta. I didn't have time to be nervous. It went by so fast. Hey, um, Hey, uh, when, uh, did you, did you have any idea when, cause nobody knew what was going on. I remember they, uh, they, you know, they were going to, 
there was rumors about them canceling WrestleMania in February. And I'm like, they ain't canceling WrestleMania. Are you kidding me? And yeah, I actually, I, you know, and, and, and we had an event, I had an event, uh, uh, we do a CWF championship wrestling from Florida legends fan fest. So we had some stuff we, you know, everybody obviously had to cancel. Did you have uh, any idea that it would go on for this long? I, I didn't. Um, but you know, I was in the same boat that we were all in, you know, all we knew was what we knew and what was on the news and what we were being told. And then at least for me, for my brain, I had to start to filter some of the things that I was reading and, and trying to understand. And I had to choose my news sources and outlets that I was going to follow and trust in because the amount of information that we were given once COVID really became a pandemic, it was overwhelming. Like it was overwhelming for my mental health aside from the potential overwhelming physical um, challenges that could come along with it. But it was a lot to process aside from, you know, independent wrestling shows and, and signings and, and all of these things being canceled. It, there was just a lot of information being thrown at all of us all at once. And it was really difficult to not only to process it, but then, you know, in my case to help a six-year-old understand why we're not doing gymnastics competitions anymore. Why we're not going to school right now. So it was a lot, but yeah. I mean, we're all going through it together. Yeah, and it's still, there's no end in sight. Uh, just when you think it's getting better and here in Florida, it was exploding and, and other places. So um, the good news is knock on wood. It seems like uh, a lot of the young people are asymptomatic. And so as long as people who have, who are, you know, in certain groups, uh, you know, kind of stay away from potential people. It looks like it's just a really, really bad virus. But, uh, you know, at first, nobody knew if everybody that caught it was going to die. That's how crazy it is. Right. Right. Well, and, and you know, I, admittedly, I was part of that. I went out and I spent hundreds of dollars at the grocery store for a three person household, <laughs> yeah. like well above what we could have ever eaten. Um, because you didn't know and you don't know what you don't know. Right. So sure. it was just like, how am I, how do I be best prepared, but yet not be selfish and, and take, you know, like when, when our local grocery store would get a massive stock of, I don't know, paper towels or toilet paper, it would, it's so easy to stand back and watch everybody else who's grabbing like armfuls of, of paper towel. How about if we all just take as much as we need? Yeah. <laughs> I then still can't, everybody can, it's, it was just insane. I still really can't figure out the toilet paper thing, but I'm not going to bog everybody down with that conversation. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. That's a conversation that you and I can have another day. <laughs> all right. Hey, um, I was going to ask you cause, um, you popped me, uh, usually at least uh -oh. once a show with, uh, with a, a snide <laughs> comment or remark to Josh, um, <laughs> do, uh, do you ever pop him or he's, he's pretty, he's pretty, uh, he, he, he doesn't, I don't want to say he doesn't show a lot of emotion, but it's, it's hard to make him pop. I think, do you ever pop him? And just, you know, in my opinion, he is he like one of the best at what he does. And it sure. really is hard. He, he's so focused and he's so good at what he does. Yeah. Sometimes it is hard to make him laugh and, you know, make him kind of not break character, but break focus, I guess. Um, but, so yeah, sometimes when I do get him, when I say something, 
that he's not expecting. Um, and he does laugh. That is kind of like a little victory for me, but <laughs> like, that's just the, the, that's just the dynamic of our relationship, right? Cause he's, he's so well-spoken. He's so quick witted. He's so like quick minded that when I do like catch him off guard, I'm like, yes, I got one. <laughs> well, you but yeah, the, I mean, it's a fun dynamic. You get the opportunity every week and you usually have at least one line that pops me every week. I usually retweet it <laughs> out or something. I, the one about the, uh, uh, the, um, the little wrestling things being his only friends. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, it's, it's because he talks about it all the time. I'm like, so the micro brawlers are your buddies. Huh? They're your, they're your only friends. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so I find that, but I find that fascinating that, that you, they threw you in there because of a disease or uh, a virus that nobody would ever thought would have been here uh, six months ago. So if the internet is correct, you were in college with a 4.0 GPA and all of a sudden made a left turn into the wrestling business. Is that true? And if so, uh, how did that? Why? Happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So right out of high school, um, I, you know, I did the thing that, that a lot of, a lot of kids do, you go right into college, right? Like that's the next step. Um, and by this point I was also getting into wrestling, but I was taking classes at a community college, um, cause I wanted to be a nurse and I wasn't technically in the nursing program yet, but I was taking all of those prerequisites, like my anatomy and physiology and biology and medical terminology. And I had a (laughs) 4.0. And I went to my parents and um, I said, so guys, I'm I'm really digging this nursing program, but like, I'm really, really digging the wrestling thing. So I think I'm going to quit going to school (laughs) and I'm really going to give this wrestling thing a shot. Um, so yes, that is true. The other part of that though, is that I, I gave them a timeline. I said, give me one year. If I'm no, like, if I haven't even taken a baby step forward, then I'll dial it back and I'll go back to school. And in that year I started doing things with shimmer and, and, you know, I, I had to explain to my parents who aren't in the know, as far as the wrestling business goes that that was a big step. Like that, that put me on a platform that showcased some of the best women in the world, um, to potentially give me an opportunity. So then a year rolls around and I tell them one more year. How did the first request go? How, when you dropped that, I'm leaving college with my 4.0 grade average to go be a wrestler. How did that, how did that go over? Cause I could tell you in my house, that wouldn't have gone over very well. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't sit well with them. Um, you know, but they knew that they had raised a smart girl, right? So they, they knew that they had raised a smart woman. Um, and while they didn't agree with it and they thought that it was the most insane thing that I could have <laughs> said, um, I, I bet on myself, they let me do that. Um, you know, I mean, I was an adult, but yeah. they were paying for my college. They were putting a roof over my head. Um, and they kind of rode the wave with me. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was a short period of time later. I don't remember the exact timeline, but I just kept telling them, like, getting closer. I'm getting closer. And I, I sent my stuff here and I did this and I'm, I'm at least making the right steps. And it's, I, I remember very clearly, and I'll never forget it, the day that 
you know, I went down to TNA, I had my tryout, but the day that Terry Taylor called me and he offered me a contract, I was bartending at a Buffalo Wild Wings, um, wrestling, and I just fell on the floor in my hallway and I called my dad and I told my dad what had happened and my dad cried. Wow. <laughs> um, and so I think for, for me, definitely, but for him and my mom, for me to have bet on myself in such a unique way and for them to have supported in a way that only a parent can when they're being told, thank you for the money for college, but I'm, I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, that like it, it all kind of made sense at that point. And ever since then, like they've just been my biggest fans. That's great. That's a, that's a great ending. At least, uh, I had a little bit of a different journey, but, uh, I didn't have a choice about leaving college, but that's another story for another day. Um, well, here I am at 34 going back. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a great story, but there have definitely been a few bumps in the road. <laughs> yeah, there always is. It's called life. Um, right. <laughs> one of the other things that I found super cool and interesting is is that um, you and Nevea were the first Shimmer Tag Team Champions, and Nevea recently, I don't believe, I, I don't believe she was ever with uh, TNA or Impact before, at least on a full time nope. basis, and she just recently came into the company. How kind of full circle for you is that? Uh, you know what, like maybe I'm biased, but Nevea being on TV is it, like, it should have happened years ago. It like, it's been a long time coming because she is one of the most talented females that I've ever been in the ring with. So for her to finally have the opportunity that she deserved years ago to be on a platform on television for people to see her and for her to become more of a household name. Like I, I feel like a, like a proud mother, but she's a month older than I am. So, <laughs> I mean, she and I have been so close through our entire wrestling careers. And, and, you know, even when, when kind of life took us in, in different places and, and we weren't living in the same city. I used to live in Dayton. And so we would travel around everywhere together and, you know, we would still keep in touch and she would still like when I had big moments at TNA, she would still send me text messages, um, congratulating me and telling me how proud she was. So now that I get to do the same thing back and in addition to being proud of her, I get to provide the soundtrack for her matches at impact it's like I have goosebumps right now just saying that. It's it's really, really cool for me. That is cool, definitely for sure. Um, why do you why do you think she never got the opportunity? I don't know. Um you know, I think she's always known what she brings to the table. Um and I mean if I had to guess, she's not a please give me, please give me, please give me, please give me type of person, the way that a lot of people in wrestling are right. Like the squeaky yeah. wheel gets the oil. She relied on her natural abilities and talents. And, you know, that's what brought her to shimmer. That's what gave her the opportunities that she had at ring of honor throughout the years. That's what got her a full-time spot on. Wow. Like it wasn't her begging and pleading for a job. It was people recognizing her talent and coming to her, um, you know, and then there's, there's always the awkward, um, you know, her husband works for impact Jake Christ. Um, and you, 
she's very much like me in that, like, I don't want to get a pat on the back for her doing a good job on commentary because your husband helped you do it. Like, so then there was a time where she just completely, I think laid out and, and let him, um, you know, have, have his moment and, and let his star shine brightly without doing the, Hey, do you think you could get me a tryout? Hey, do you think you could help me? Hey, could you at least mention my name? So even more so now that she's here and she's here because her hard work has gotten her here and there's, no other reason that can be said other than that, like that has to feel good for her. For sure. Absolutely. And that's a, like you said, it's a cool kind of full circle thing with you too, as well. So um, talk, talk to me uh, about the, the, the knockouts division in impact right now. Uh, a lot of young knockouts, a lot of veterans like yourself and Nevea uh, havoc, uh, what do you what do you what do you see? How do you compare this to other iterations of the knockouts division? Well, I always get in trouble when I start comparing things because everybody <laughs> on the internet has an opinion. No, um, <laughs> you're kidding me. <laughs> I know, shocking, right? Um, but I, I mean, I've said it before, and I feel very strongly in in this that what we're seeing now, like this current version of the knockouts division is one of, if not the best group of women that this company has ever seen. There's just so much diversity in how we all look, how we all perform, how we all think about wrestling. And it all comes together so perfectly. And, and it, there's just magic every time the knockouts are in the ring. And we've always been that way, right? Like the knockouts have always been a cornerstone of the company, but right now there's just something really, really special about this group of women. And to your point, like so many, um, young up and comers. And then there's, there's the old ones like me who are still, I didn't say old. I said, I said (laughs) veteran and 34 from a 54 year old, 34 is not old though. Enjoy it it while you can. Hey, another thing that I didn't realize, like I said, I learned a lot about uh, that I didn't know. Um, I'll lead this up by saying back in the day, Jimmy Hart and I were tight. We did a lot of projects together and we're still tight. uh, But back in the day, I would speak to him almost every day uh, for one reason or another. And he Uh kept telling me about... This wrestleicious that he was working on, which oh, was sort of a take, which was a, sort of a takeoff on Glow from years ago. Yeah, and I, I know he was friends with the guy, the, the guy who put it on. And at some point, he was trying to get me a job, but that guy who was the money guy wanted to be the ring announcer. So, um, but I heard a lot about it, and he would tell me about all the different characters he came up with because he came up with a lot of them. Um, talk to me about the the, the wrestleicious. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it was I mean, a very. Uh, it doesn't sound like it was one of your greatest memories. Um, it was fun. It was just you know when I when I think back over, and I've just been so like fortunate and thankful to have had countless opportunities. Um, and that's one that it's not that I'm not proud of it. It was just something so different than what I had ever done prior to that, and so different than anything. I've done since. Um, I mean, it it definitely helped me with like um, character development and, 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 you know, they gave me, I was, I don't know, 20, I don't 21 or 22 tiny blonde 
So they made me the cheerleader and, and that totally makes sense. Um, <laughs> it was a really good, fun group of women. Um, I only was there. I only went down and, and filmed one time. I'm unsure if, if there was more than that. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I don't have any, any bad ill will or, or ill feelings towards that opportunity. It was just kind of a one-time fun thing that put me in front of a camera, let me perform and, and gave me a little bit more experience. Exactly. And for those who don't know, aren't familiar with Restlicious or Glow back in the day, it's a very character driven uh, show uh, that that's does a whole bunch of hokey skits. Uh, is hokey the right word? Maybe. Hokey's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, me and my tag team partner got beat up by lunch ladies. So yeah. that's just like, the quickest synopsis of, of kind of what, what it is. <laughs> I would say, I would say it was sort of like a combination of wrestling and hee-haw, but half of the people probably, including yourself, probably don't know what hee-haw was. Uh, no, but I can kind of follow along with what you're saying. And, and yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it was very hokey, fun television, I guess, with, with wrestling. <laughs> so 2009, um, you already said Terry Taylor gave you a call and offered you a contract and you became a full-time TNA knockout. Um, I know that, I, I, I know that, uh, you know, back in the day they were ultra uh, serious about making sure everybody had a name that they could trademark and they didn't want to use uh, a name that, that you already had. People already had Gail was, yeah. uh, there was a couple exceptions, but um, I can remember they, they couldn't figure out. I can remember sitting in a in the boardroom in uh, where we had our production meetings in Orlando, and they could not come up with a name for um, the uh, who eventually was Tara. Uh, okay. So I don't know even know if you know this, but she had a spider gimmick, and so yep. Tara was short for tarantula. But they spent. Yep, I did. I did know that. Yeah, they spent days trying to figure something out, and so who gave you the name Madison Rain? Uh, Brian Wittenstein sent an email to me, I think, Brian oh, I don't know. Was it three days before, four days before I left for TV? Because, um, so my tryout match was supposed to be just that a tryout match before they started, um, filming TV in Orlando. Ah, I got you. So I got a, I got a call. Um, it was a call, sorry, not an email from Brian. And he said, um, so a couple things have changed and I, I immediately go to, Oh, I, I'm not going. Okay. <laughs> um, he said, you're still going to have a match, um, but it's going to be on TV. We're doing this um, awesome Kong challenge, you know, where, where we'll, we bring in some, some talent and they have a short match with Kong <laughs> who I had never met up until that point. So I just see this like larger than life character on my TV screen every week. I'm like, Oh, okay. Try out match with Kong. Got it. Um, and he said, and your name's going to be Madison rain. I was like, Oh, okay. Great. Just happy to be here. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I so it's, I don't know who came up with it. I think that angle, correct me if I'm wrong, eventually led to Taylor Wilde coming out of the crowd as a fan and beating Kong. Is that correct? Oh, that challenge. was, yes, that was before me. Oh, before. Um, I think that she had like an open challenge Kong did um, before. And then 
she had a second one, I guess, that was what brought me in. But um, Taylor Wilde was there. Yeah, same storyline, but she came in, I want to say, a year before me. Ah, I got you. So you're there. uh, You do a few things, and then they tell you you're getting put in with the beautiful people, which was the number one heel uh, (laughs) knockout group. Uh, they were, uh, you know, they had their, their, their entrance down pat and, you know, the whole routine, uh, talk, tell me, uh, what your, uh, feelings about getting thrown into that group were and, and, and quite honestly, what their feelings were about having a third member. I mean, well, you'd have to ask them what their feelings were. Um, <laughs> what I can say is that at that time, um, you know, again, I, I watched, the show like i i knew what the beautiful people was at the time they had uh kip with them cute kip was right. his um was his moniker at tna and and i i knew that fashion i knew how successful they were and i had um i had met angelina a couple of times prior to um having my tryout um so i knew her um but i mean they were both very uh, welcoming, um, and open to the idea, you know, it's, it's hard to have this super successful, um, team. And like you said, they've got their entrance. Like, how do you add a third body to that? Like super popular, like what would end up being iconic entrance? Um, so, you know, there were some things that needed to be ironed out, but I, I also think another thing that helped me in those early months was my ignorance. It was bliss. Right. And I didn't know, I mean, I knew it was a huge opportunity, but at 23 years old, like I just didn't grasp how big that was going to be for me or, or how solid of a foundation that would lay for what would be my television career. Somebody who would also eventually join the beautiful people and who, who I don't want to say controversial, but she, she had every uh, thing that she needed to be a big name in this business. And, and for whatever reason, it didn't happen. But talk about working with uh, Lacey Von Erich, second generation wrestler, third generation. Wrestler. Well, La- Lacey Von Erich was one of my tag team partners at Wrestlelicious. <laughs> yeah, I saw I actually saw that. Yeah. Um, look, I, I love Lacey and regardless of what controversy or, or opinions come along with her, I loved her. I loved working with her because of the value that she added to our locker room. Like you, it was impossible to have a bad day when she was in the locker room because she didn't take herself seriously because she loved to laugh and have fun. And she loved to make sure that the people around her were having fun. And she knew that she wasn't the most technical wrestler in the company. Um, But again, she was given an opportunity. She, you know, she was there in the ring when we needed her to be, but she was more of a, she was more of a character and she knew that and everybody knew it and we all loved it. She's an absolutely like drop dead, gorgeous bombshell of a woman. So she fit perfectly into the beautiful people. Why, why do you think she never made it and, you know, any farther in the business? I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for her obviously, but I don't know that she wanted to. I was you know, thinking the, the same thing. She had come, 
Yeah, she was engaged and already had a son. Um, I think now she's got three children. Like, I think that that was really her calling. She wanted to be a wife and a mommy and a business owner. Um, I know that the last time I saw her was several years ago, that she was like the head of her, her son's elementary PTO. Um, so I think that was more her calling than wrestling. And I think that's okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, she got to, you know, at least she got to experience a little bit of what her dad did and, uh, and, and the craziness that is the wrestling business. And then she decided that, uh, it wasn't for her, which is just as well. Um, so you talked about your, your journey. Uh, you know, your dad cried when you got the TNA contract and they've been (laughs) your biggest fans. Um, talk about winning the knockouts championship for the first time. Oh, I was such a, like such a nerd that day. Um, because I had no idea until that day had no clue. There was not a conversation had with me. Like, so when we got into the part of the day where we started discussing the details of the match, I was just like, what? (laughs) Um, so I didn't, my parents didn't know, um, how important it was that night to tune in and watch the pay-per-view. Um, but I didn't have to coax them because they were already like, they were on board. You know, that's, that's my dad. And I, I grew up with my dad and I getting all of the WWF and WCW pay-per-views. Like that was our thing. So I didn't have to coax them much, but I just, I did make sure that, uh, that my parents, both of my brothers, um, my wrestling trainer, um, that everybody was watching. Um, and it was really cool, like to come back, you know, because right after, um, all of the girls that were in the match, you know, talk to each other and check on each other. And then I had, I think there were a few things I had to film. So by the time I got back to my phone, it was just like text message, email, voicemail, voicemail, missed call, text message. So it was, it, that was cool. That is cool. Talk to me about Dixie Carter. Uh, a lot's been said, um, not looking for dirt, just what was it like to work for her? I mean, I don't have any dirt anyway, because to be completely honest, like my experience working with her was, it was, I don't have a bad thing to say about her. Um, you know, I, that was at a time where, again, ignorance was bliss for me. And I think only in the last like <laughs> five or six years did I really understand like, the dirt sheets and like the gravity of, of the things that, you know, we, we read on them sometimes. Um, so I knew bits and pieces about the rumblings of, you know, what was going on with TNA, but I didn't care about that because I was, I got to travel. I was living my dream. My paychecks came on time all the time, like every time. So, um, you know, I, I can speak to that, that, I was always paid. Um, and Dixie, I mean, she's a woman, right? So like she connected with the knockouts and even more so, um, when I came back after having my daughter, like she next to my parents was like my number one supporter. Um, so I I will sing her praises forever and ever because she gave me my first opportunity she let me come back then, um, at a, under unique circumstances for my second opportunity. Um, 
and she let literally let me live my dream that now 12 years later I'm still doing. So you are to best of my knowledge, the first quote unquote, uh, knockout. Uh, I don't know if this would include the WWE, uh, wrestlers, but I'm, I'm thinking as I'm talking, um, who, who, like you said, who, who left the business, had a daughter, came back and had, uh, you know, kind of picked up right where you left off. Talk to me about that experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I've, I've spoken to this before and, and I always say, because the internet knows better than I do. Um, and if I'm wrong, someone will let me know. Um, <laughs> yeah, in terms exactly. Of, <laughs> in terms of women on TV who had a successful run on television in wrestling to then go away to become a mother and then come back. Um, I think I'm the first one who did that. Now, have there been women who have gotten signed to their first contract who were already mothers? Absolutely. I I'm not saying that like I laid the foundation for people to be professional wrestler and mother, <laughs> but to the best of my knowledge, I'm the first one who had a lengthy career on TV left and then came back and continued that career. And, and, uh, you know, talk without getting too personal, well, talk about the challenges of, of that. Uh, you know, obviously you give birth and you have to get back in shape and then you're probably mentally and physically exhausted. Uh, what even made you want to come back? Do you just love the business that much? Um, it was just a, a combination of things. Um, you know, I didn't know when, when I made the phone call to tell everyone in, in the office that I was pregnant. I didn't know if that was the last phone call I'd ever have with anyone, um, at TNA and, and they actually, uh, kept me employed, um, throughout the majority of my pregnancy and, and, you know, found oh, things wow. to do. And, um, I didn't know, I didn't know, you know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I would live tweet during the show and then I would write a little blog and, um, you know, I did get released in July and then had my daughter in August, but it wasn't let's fire Madison because she's pregnant. There were a laundry list of people who were released on the same day. So I like, I was not offended. I was grateful and thankful that, you know, they found something for me to do to kind of keep me relevant during that time. Um, but yeah, it was just life circumstances at the time. Like my passion for wanting to continue, um, to at least see if I could, um, combined with just the way that the chips were falling. And, you know, that was, you know, like we, we spoke about, I didn't finish college. That was a job that I knew very well. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, while I did travel quite a bit, especially in those first months coming back, um, in the long run. And as I look back now, my daughter is going to be seven in August, but I've had so much more time home with her and experienced things that a lot of parents who work a traditional nine to five don't get with their children. Like sure. I got to wake up every morning and, and eat cereal and go hang out. And, you know, so I've just somehow <laughs> kept everything perfectly balanced and been able to continue um, pursuing my career and raising a really phenomenal daughter. Um, and you know, thank, 
thanks to people like Dixie Carter and John Gaborik, who brought me right back in and welcomed me with open arms. And Christy Hemi at the time was on the creative team and she just like created this perfect spot for me and made me look and feel like a, like a complete rock star. And, you know, everything just fell together perfectly in those two months after I had my daughter that I was back in the ring. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't know that they kept you employed that almost the whole time. That's super, super cool. Yeah. And that's that, you know what, that's the kind of stuff that Dixie doesn't sometimes, you know, you know, you hear, you know, the, 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 the end of the company, uh, being sold to Anthem was obviously rough and probably some things got out that, that I'm sure Dixie wishes didn't get out. Uh, but, but the, you know, I remember interviewing when we first started this podcast, one of the first guests I had was Matt Morgan. And, um, I asked him, you know, his thoughts about Dixie. And he told me that when his wife, uh, and him were trying to have their baby and they, were told that it was going to be very tough that she flew them on her private plane to, or her dad's private, whatever, uh, to Nashville to meet with the the person who had helped her and her husband. Uh, Oh, wow. I I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. People don't know that. It's always interesting. You know, people get panned because, you know, especially in this business, if you're the owner and you make yourself a character, that's, I mean, that's, that's the people are going to pan you. So, you know, once once she did that, it was it, it was close. But uh, you know, that's I don't think that you know being around the wrestling business for thirty years, I don't know that most other companies uh, they might have kept you on salary because they didn't want to get sued. But I'm I would right. I would guarantee that Dixie did it because uh, she understands as a woman how it's like. That's really cool. Well, at at, at one point, um, and I, I don't remember the specifics, but there was a point during my pregnancy that my contract was actually up and you know that would have been a perfect out for a company right like she's not really useful in the sense that we hired her for which is in in in-ring performer um and they renewed my contract so like i I can't say I, i cannot say a bad thing about um my decade plus experience with this company Okay, so let's get away from this company. You had a cup of coffee with uh, WWE NXT a couple of years ago. Uh, I did. T- talk to me about that. It's always interesting to me. You know, uh, you know, you hear about this big machine WWE uh, NXT, yeah. and you know how it's. You know, obviously the Impact staff uh, is minuscule compared to the, the 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 huge building, the Titan Towers that they have, and. Um, and so, you know, they have a lot more infrastructure for sure. Uh, talk to me about the differences between what you had been doing before and TNA and Resolicious and 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 Shimmer and then getting around the machine, as they like to call it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I have sung the praises of, of TNA and Impact and, and we'll do that until my, my last breath. But um, there was a time in. 2017 where the company and I parted ways. Um, and I think that the timing of that was perfect because shortly after, um, my leaving impact, I was invited down to the performance center in Orlando for a tryout with WWE. Um, and you know, I heard so many negative comments about you've been on TV for so many years. Why are you doing a tryout for me? Like that was the coolest thing ever to be able to go down there and experience like 
what the very beginning of that machine is like in their developmental territory and also to like test myself and push myself to those limits because that's not a get in the ring, show me what you can do in five minutes type of tryout. That was a days long, like extensive, like we're going to push you to your physical max and and then we're going to try to push you a little bit more. Um, And I said in interviews that I did in the weeks after that tryout um, that second only to maybe childbirth, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, it, It was intense, but it was such an awesome experience. Like I, I have never been more sore in my wrestling career. I don't think, (laughs) um, than the day I flew home from that tryout, but you know, talking again about everything coming full circle, I got down there and I saw, um, Sarah Amato, who I used to wrestle with at shimmer, um, and briefly at ring of honor and Terry Taylor and, and, um, it was a couple months later when I went to the young classic, I, I saw Jeremy Borash down there. And so it was like, it was nerve wracking just because it, that 2017 was my first time in my career ever doing anything with WWE. Um, I was three years into the business when I got hired by TNA. So I never prior to that had a tryout, did extra work nothing. That was my first experience with WWE. And it was so overwhelmingly positive. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, like it didn't work out and, and, um, you know, moving to Orlando was just not in the cards for me. It wasn't an option for me. Um, but regardless doing that tryout opened the door for me to be part of the second May young classic. Um, and that was an experience that I am like, I could get emotional talking about it because it's, you know, not that I didn't have massive moments at TNA, but just to stand in a ring with the logo that I used to look at on TV when I was a little girl, like that was something really cool and really special. And by that time, my daughter was old enough to watch and see me do something really cool on top of like, it's, it's so multi-layered on top of that. I was down there with, I knew, I would say 90% of the other women that were, um, that did the May Young Classic. So, um, it felt really good. Um, and it didn't feel overwhelming for me. And I think part of the reason was because of we, the May Young Classic was filmed at Full Sail University right. and the, 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 the arena and the setup felt very similar to me, um, to what the impact zone in Orlando was, um, pretty much exactly. So I think, yes. So in that sense, like in the, like the number of fans that were there and, and like that felt good for me, it felt very comfortable now to walk back after my match and, and have triple H standing there and telling me that I, that was that, you know, I did great was like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was different, but Um, it was just, I say timing is everything. And, you know, while I could scoff at the fact that I never had my WrestleMania moment that, you know, everybody who gets into wrestling, you know, that's kind of their, the ultimate dream. Like I've had a career that someday I could write a book about, um, and being part of a WWE event 
um, and one as big and as special as the Young Classic, like that's what I, like, that's all I needed. And I, I can retire someday probably soon <laughs> and be happy with being able to do that and having that experience. Yeah. That I don't, so long winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know exactly how you feel. I actually was under consideration for a job, uh, for them years ago. Uh, even I think before I came to TNA and, um, they flew me up first class, picked me up in a, a town car, uh, went to Titan Towers the next day, met with like everybody, every VP other than Vince. Uh, and actually they were going to offer me the job and then things got, uh, they, Vince changed his mind on the direction he was going. But for me, that was like, that was, to me, that was kind of like my WrestleMania moment. You know, I was, you know, I was there and I, I was a guest and they treated me great. And yeah. Uh, now you got to be a little part of it just for a minute. And, you know, it was, it, I was a little disappointed, but it was okay. Um, so I understand. And I, I've never had that WrestleMania moment either, but, uh, but, you know, like we said, we both, we both lived our dreams. So I know how cool that is. Uh, you spoke about retiring soon. Um, do you miss <laughs> being in the, being in the ring? Um, oh man, sometimes I do. But other times I feel like I, I'm not really good at commentary. Like I'll be the first one to say that, but I do think that week after week, I'm, I'm leaning less on Josh because in those first few weeks, I would look at him like you're in a headlight in headlights, like help me, yeah, tell me I what know, to say. I, I know how it feels. <laughs> um, and I'm finding that I'm doing that less and that my nerves settle a lot quicker now where they used to not settle until like we were in the main event and we were almost done calling the show. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting better. I would like to think I'm getting better. You know, I've also, um, the last few months had the opportunity to get back into, um, producing. There was a short period of time in 2016 where I was on the creative team and I helped produce an agent and I loved that so passionately that if somebody would have said to me at that time, could you retire and do this? I would have said yes. Now I'm glad it didn't happen that way. Um, but to be able to do it now and to work with these girls, um, many of whom I've been in the ring with and, and help them create magic and watch like the look on their faces when they come back and they've had an awesome match. And like, they turn to me and they're like, what'd you like? I'm finding new ways to get, reinvigorated and re-excited within the wrestling business um, that, yeah, for sure. I still have my moments where I'm like, oh, I want to get in the ring. I want to work with Tasha Steeles. I want to wrestle Deanna. I want to have another match with Jordan Grace. Um, and I, I'm not retired. Like I've, I've, <laughs> I've not, you know, I, my wrestling boots are still, I know exactly where they are in my closet. Um, but you know, eventually there comes a time where, where we all have to, I've always said, and I've always maintained, I don't want to overstay my welcome. Um, so if there comes a time where the wrestling business is passing me by and I'm, I'm not keeping up, um, I want to be out before then. And I don't think I'm there yet, but I don't want to even teeter on that. So every, every year they induct somebody into the impact it used to be TNA hall of fame. Uh, Gail Kim was the first woman. Is that something that you ever think about? Cause it's a natural fit, quite frankly. I mean, I do. And, and I like to think that I am 
very humble and, and gracious and, and I don't like demand things or ask for things that I don't think that I've earned. Um, and I'm not saying that I've earned my place in the hall of fame, but I do feel that I've given, um, a lot of years and a lot of bumps and, and some really good years of my life to this company. And they've given so much back to me. So I would say that we're, we're even if not like I'm still indebted to them, but would it be nice to be told, Hey, you, um, this year we're going to induct you into the hall of fame. Absolutely. Like I, I would be honored to be in that list of names, um, in the impact hall of fame for sure. Yeah, along with Earl Hebner, who you had a crush on. But that's a different story. Oh, I love him. I still do have a crush on him. I love Earl. <laughs> hey, um, as we know, this Saturday on pay-per-view um, from Nashville, it's uh, Slammiversary. And, yeah, I've been a part of a lot of big pay-per-views. I'm not, uh, that's an uh, understatement, I guess. Um, I don't know that I've ever been as excited uh, as, as I am about this one um, because – there's so much possibilities of talent out there that's available, that's being teased. And, um, you know, if the rumors are true, I, uh, you know, might be some, uh, some, you know, impactful debuts that night. Uh, you got any scoop, any inside info you could, uh, you could, you could break on sitting ringside. I mean, you sound very much like Josh Matthews right now asking me um, <laughs> if I have any inside sources giving me little tidbits of information. Um, yes, yes, I do have my sources. And if they are correct, and I know that they are, um, you know, I, I've said it for weeks. This pay-per-view is going to be, it's going to change the whole trajectory of Impact Wrestling. Um and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, we just, we just spoke a bit about, um, my wrestling career and I find it very appropriate that after several weeks and months of not being on TV and not wrestling that I will be in the knockouts gauntlet, uh, the number one contenders gauntlet on the pay-per-view. So if oh, nothing else, that's worth the price of admission. So Last question. I find in the Impact uh, female division, there seems to be a lot of tag teams forming uh, recently. Uh, any uh, Since I asked you a scoop and, and, and I got one, any scoop about uh, uh, bringing back the Impact uh, women's tag team championship? I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many times over the years I've been asked my thoughts on this, and I've been very honest. Um, you know, even just a year ago and speaking about how I didn't feel like the talent was there for sure, but I didn't feel like there was, um, enough quantity. There weren't enough knockouts yet to justify bringing the tag titles back. But at this point, like, I think it's a no brainer. Like, not only do we have so many knockouts, but we've got so many teams. Like, I mean, you look at it and it's, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele. I love those two. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. I love those no, two as a tag team. I love them. Like, I love them separately. And then when you put them together, it's just, they're one of my favorite things on our show. Like, I, 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 they're I just gold. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It's, uh, they're you know, so fun. 
you, I, this is one of the times that you wish that there was fans in the building because, uh, uh, you know, they could play off that. But yeah, I remember when they came out into their music and did their, uh, what their, their, uh, act. Uh, yep. and I, I, I thought to myself, this is money. So. And, and look at how they perform to an empty arena. Can you even imagine when we are able to resume life and there are fans that can react like they're just going to blow the roof off of places and I can't wait to be there for it. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a, a lot of people that think that, um, because this, uh, no crowd has made people concentrate on their characters that uh, it might be the one positive thing that we could get out of this, that when fans come back, the talent's going to be a lot more keen about their characters and, and uh, interaction with the audience and stuff. But uh, let's hope something positive comes out of this. Yeah, I definitely think so. You know, it, it forced everybody out of their comfort zone because, you know, you don't have the crowd to rely on to, to cheer and boo accordingly and you you just have to rely on your talent and your ability to create magic in a segment where there's there's no fans yeah it's it's pretty crazy uh the the whole entire concept of professional wrestling is based on the audience and uh you take that out but yeah you know i'm i'm, I'm proud to be a tiny little part in the last few tapings of uh of 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 what you guys are doing uh and um and you know, uh, we've talked about this. I love that I'm um, back or on the business side. I'll take it as long as I can stay there. Um, yeah. But uh, but but yeah, it's um, it's an interesting time for sure in the wrestling business. And and I don't know. Now, I, for some reason, I think that our that the Impact Show comes off better than other shows come off with the empty arena. And I I I, I, I can't exactly put my finger on why that is. But uh, but that's just how I feel. I'm not saying that because I want to be a company guy. I'm I'm being honest. I mean, I'd tell you that if we were sitting in a production meeting. I mean, maybe maybe we're biased because I feel the same way, and you know, I don't know what it is, but our talent have turned it up to eleven. Like it's just it's to sit back and watch it is really incredible. Like they're doing something so unprecedented in such an unprecedented time and making it work and making it really good. Like I'm with you. And again, maybe we're biased, but I think our product is really good right now. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about the, the pay-per-view and about the future and I'll, 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 I'll ride this last wave as long as I, as long until it crashes and hopefully it's a long ride, but, um, me too. <laughs> but yeah, this, uh, this Saturday on pay-per-view on fight TV, I'm sure you could get it. And, um, and it's going to be something. And I'm always, I always love being surprised. You know, I was, I, I grew up as a wrestling fan as did you. So, you know, it, at some point it becomes cool to be in the know, but then it kind of isn't cool anymore because you, because you don't get surprised anymore. So I always like being surprised. So I'm looking forward to a whole bunch of surprises this Saturday uh, on pay-per-view. Well, if my sources are accurate and they always are, um, it, it's literally like this, this isn't my, my, sales pitch in the, in the last few days to the pay-per-view, but it's, it's going to be, um, you know, we, I, again, maybe I'm biased. I feel like impact always delivers on these big pay-per-views and this is going to be no exception. I agree. And, uh, we, uh, love anybody that's listening to be a part of it and check it out. And if you haven't watched in a while, uh, this is your perfect opportunity because, uh, I will be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't say this because I'm, 
uh, member uh, of the team, so to speak, but I'll be, I'll be at a small member. Uh, but um, I say it because I, I honestly think it. I think it's that 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 Impact Wrestling's on a roll. Some of the some of the most talented young men and women that I've ever seen in a group collectively. And then you throw in, you sprinkle in some veterans here and there, and it just really, it, it seems to click. So, and I'm not saying. Well, and I'm not, also, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I was just saying, I'm not saying that because I work there. If I didn't work there, if if I had, knock on wood, because I hope this doesn't happen, but if 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 they 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 ended this thing tomorrow, I would still watch. I'm still a fan. And I feel the same, and I I think that that point, like. You need to acknowledge the people behind the scenes that are working so hard, not only to create an awesome show, but to create an environment that makes me feel 10 years into working with this company like it's my first day. Like I'm excited at the idea of going to work. And it's because of the environment that's been created by Scott Demore, by Don Callis, by the creative team, by the hard work that Jimmy Jacobs and, and Tommy Dreamer and everyone on creative puts in. And then the the production team whose praises are not sung nearly enough. Like, you know, we've 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 talked on this podcast about how we're we're not a massive group. We're but we are a group of people with massive amounts of talent. And the people behind the cameras, the Eric Tompkins and Kenny Smiths of the world who may never be on the show, but are the reason that we have this show put together in a way that makes fans keep coming back. Like those people need to be praised for what's happening in this company right now. For sure. I can't think of one person that only wears one hat. I mean, almost everybody, if not everybody wears multiple hats, uh, on, uh, on taping days. And I, I don't know what goes into the, the leading up to it. Cause I haven't been a part of that team, but, um, but yeah, I know that everybody does multiple things, and and it's a family. It's it, it's a family atmosphere, and I, I look forward to being back. Uh, I look forward to seeing you and Josh uh, this weekend, and I look forward to Slammiversary, maybe changing the game just a little bit. It'll absolutely change the game. I'm looking forward to it too. All right, thank you. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate you telling your story and uh, and 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 teasing the pay per view a little bit, and uh, and give my best to your to uh, to Mister. Uh, rain. <laughs> I will, and I'll be sure I call him that too when I talk to him. <laughs> yeah, oh, please, please, please do. It's not like I could get on his shit list any worse. Oh, that's funny. No, that's that's not true at all. He likes I know, you a lot. I know. He did defriend me one time on Facebook, on Twitter, but we've got. Well, he that. went through a phase. He he did the same thing to Scott, and and now look at all of us. Yeah. You know, I hired him for the XWF. I don't, I don't know if you know that part of the story. I'm sure no. you do. Yeah. Yeah. I was the talent, I had a talent relations. It was my idea to bring him in for the <laughs> XWF. I have here in my office where I'm, we're taping this. I have a big poster of all the talent, in the XWF and his uh, face is smack right on there along with, uh, Oh my, that's oh, hilarious. Along with the nasty boys, the road warriors, buff Bagwell, Vampiro. I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to you. Get a kick out of it. Please do, because you know what? He has kept me from seeing, I mean, except for Slammiversary three years ago where he wrestled. I haven't seen Tough Enough. I haven't, I have never seen him wrestle or, or seen any, like, I mean, I've seen a couple photos of him in wrestling gear, but like, he's kept me so sheltered from that part of his life that any little like sneak peek I can get, 
I always want to see. Yeah, we were doing a gimmick where uh, Kid Cash, who was the champion, was taking him under his wing, sort of like as an outsider. And um, uh, and, you know, obviously the whole thing never went anywhere. But uh, but yeah, he was there was only um, there was only a few people, actually, that were that had a guarantee, a small guarantee. And he was one of them. So, uh, yeah, there was big plans for Mr. Josh for the XWF, but didn't happen. And and uh, here we are uh, 20 years later and uh, uh, it all worked out. It, it all it all fell into place exactly how it was supposed to. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you so much. Like I said, say hello to Mr. Rain, and um, I look forward to seeing you this weekend. Look forward to um, Slammiversary on pay-per-view. Awesome. Safe travels. I want to thank Madison Rain for an interesting conversation, some great stories, and a little talking about Slammiversary. She will be, as we already know, in the gauntlet, match with the knockouts so she will be going back into the ring for at least uh saturday night and that means that don Callis and josh matthews will be calling the action the original announced team when this all started that got sidetracked as we discussed with the covid19 virus so again uh if you like surprises and if you like uh talent jumping from one company to another or people returning to their old company, I assure you that you will not be disappointed if you order Slammiversary. So check it out. And if you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. Let me know what you don't like about it. Let me know what you like about it. I'm at David Penzer, all one word on Twitter. Uh, always uh, reacting and answering questions and interacting with people. So come join us for the ride and let us know what you think of Slammiversary. I personally am excited to be a part of it and I'm excited to see it as a fan. So a reminder that next week uh, we are expecting to have an AEW superstar on this podcast. We're just finishing up the the particulars and so looking forward to that i think uh you'll be really interested in the in an amazing story so be sure to tune in and once we get that um confirmed we will be uh i'll be announcing on twitter who that guest will be again want to thank madison rain and uh looking forward to to slammiversary next time we speak slammiversary will be in the book so we'll be able to talk about it but until next time Be safe. I'm David Penzer, still sitting ringside. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. Radio Influence.